and welcome to Bible Words. In this series, each week I take a single word which appears in the lectionary readings for that Sunday and explore the use of that word throughout the scriptures. I look at each word as it appears in the original language, so for New Testament words in Greek, for Old Testament words in Hebrew. I hope that by looking at a single word across the scriptures in this way, it will help us all develop a greater sense of the unity of all scripture. This week's Bible word is the Greek adjective teleos. This word appears in the Gospel of the Seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A, that's Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 48, where it is translated as perfect. The adjective teleos is one of a group of 13 related Greek words, all with very similar meaning. The related Greek noun, telos, is the basis for the English word teleology, which is used in philosophy to describe the purpose or goal of objects or events. As we will see, this teleos group of words has many shades of meaning, clustered around the ideas of ending, completion and fulfilment, and some of these different meanings are closely related. This is a challenge for the translator, who has to find the most appropriate single English word for any particular occurrence of the Greek word in a verse of scripture. And the translator's challenge has consequences for us, as readers of the English translations. When we encounter a word in the English translation, it is useful to be aware of the other meanings of the underlying Greek word, and that may give us a richer understanding of that verse of scripture. This teleos group of Greek words is a really good example of such a multifaceted word. So I hope that this podcast will help us to be aware of the possible nuances of meaning when we encounter words in English translations of the Bible, such as perfect, or end, or fulfill, or mature. As with previous episodes of Bible Words, I will consider these teleos words as a single group, since their meanings are closely related, except where it is necessary to focus on one specific word. In the secular Greek literature of the ancient world, Teleos words have a wide range of meanings related to an end or completeness or fulfilment. In the sphere of worldly achievement, teleos words can refer to a goal or an end, or carrying out instructions, or fulfilling an obligation, including the payment of tax. The noun telos is used to refer to success in an endeavour, or power, or political office, or even of ratifying a law. The verb can have a dynamic sense of making a word come true as in the Iliad, where Agamemnon is worried that Hector will fulfil his threats. Among the philosophers, such as Plato and Aristotle, it can refer to intellectual or physical development, or maturity, or, in a moral sense, of orientation towards the good. Teleos can also be used to fulfil religious obligations or sacrifices. In the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures, which was produced between the 3rd and 2nd centuries before Christ, Teleos words are used to translate seven different Hebrew words, which hints at a similarly rich variety of meanings. Telos can mean simply an end or result, as when Jason's failed assault on Jerusalem causes him to receive only disgrace as the result, the telos, of the dishonour of his plot. That's in the second book of Maccabees, chapter 5, verse 7. Sometimes it refers to death, as when in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2, it declares that death is the end, the telos, of every man. The secular sense of an obligation is continued in the Septuagint, with telos being used to describe the tax or tribute that Israel must offer to the Lord in Numbers chapter 31 verse 28. 
Therefore, we have the same Greek word, telos, being used to describe both of the so-called two certainties of life, death and taxes. But there is a greater emphasis in the Septuagint on the moral and religious significance of teleos. It can refer to being blameless, for example Noah in Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. It is used for undivided loyalty to the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 13 and in the first book of Kings chapter 8 verse 61. Though note that loyalty and moral perfection go hand in hand, each implies the other. And that's an example of where the use of teleos takes advantage of multiple nuances of the word. The verb can also be used for dedication to false gods, as when the people of Israel were initiated into the rites of the Baal of Peor in Numbers chapter 25 verses 3 and 5. The idea of consecration may be why the translator of the Septuagint uses teleos to mean unblemished when referring to the lamb used for the Passover meal in Exodus chapter 12 verse 5, though it may also overlap with the sense of perfection. In the New Testament, some uses of teleos word reflect these basic meanings from the secular and the Septuagint usage. So, the evangelist Matthew uses the verb teleo to mean finish, when in five different places he uses the identical phrase when Jesus had finished to denote the end of each of the five blocks of Jesus' teaching statements in the Gospel of Matthew. And the references here are chapter 7 verse 28, chapter 11 verse 1, chapter 13 verse 53, chapter 19, verse 1, and chapter 26, verse 1 of Matthew's Gospel. In the first letter of Peter, chapter 3, verse 8, he uses telos in a phrase which prefaces a summary. Literally, it means, now the end. Telos is also used to describe the end of various actions or institutions. So, Satan's power is coming to an end in Mark, chapter 3, verse 26. Jesus' kingdom will have no end in Luke, chapter 1, verse 33. And telos refers to Jesus' mission, or time on earth, when in John's Gospel it says that Jesus loved them to the end. That's in John chapter 13, verse 1. When telos is used to refer to Christ as the end of the law in Romans chapter 10, verse 4, it carries the sense of fulfillment as well as superseding. Telos is also an end to life in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 3, and in the second letter to the Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. The latter is alluding to the death of Moses. And there are two specific variants of the word, so the verb, teliutao, and the noun, teliute, which mean respectively to die or death, and these occur mostly in the synoptic gospels and in Acts. There are multiple uses of telos to describe the end of the age. It's a favourite phrase of the writer to the letter to the Hebrews. So we see it in chapter 3 verse 6, chapter 3 verse 14, and chapter 6 verse 11 of the letter to the Hebrews. And it also appears three times in the synoptic gospels. When Jesus says that the one who endures to the end will be saved, that's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, and late in Matthew's gospel, Jesus says the first, the end is not yet, that's in chapter 24, verse 6, and it's followed a little later by then will come the end, that's in Matthew 24, verse 14. There are also similar uses of the word in the Markham parallels. Telos has the sense of outcome. When Peter was sitting with the guards to see what would happen to Jesus in Matthew chapter 26 verse 58. The outcome or result is often beyond this life. So, for example, in Romans chapter 6 verse 21 to 22, the telos of sin is death, but the telos of those who follow God will be eternal life. The secular and Septuagint sense of fulfilling religious and secular obligations also appears in the New Testament. So the verb 
Teleo is used to describe how the Holy Family had performed, that's Etelesan, everything according to the law of the law. That's in Luke chapter 2, verse 39. Telos is one of the words used to refer to taxes when the subject is discussed in Matthew's Gospel, that's in chapter 17, verse 24 to 25, and also in the letter to the Romans, in Romans chapter 13, verse 6 to 7. Even the word for tax collector, telones, comes from the word telos. So the New Testament also has telos referring to both death and taxes. The idea of moral perfection is strong in the New Testament, especially from authors such as Matthew, James, and the author of the letter to the Hebrews, who show the greatest interest in the Jewish heritage of the faith. In the Gospel of the Seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A, that I referred to a little bit earlier, Jesus challenges us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And the word there is teleos, and that's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Later in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, Jesus exhorts the rich young man to give up his possessions and follow him in order to be teleos. Here, the word teleos may hint not only at moral perfection, but at being whole, not divided, because the young man is clearly torn, he's divided, between following God and keeping hold of his possessions. While these demands for perfection seem out of reach for us, indeed the disciples say as much after this incident in Matthew chapter 19, verse 25, Jesus makes it clear indeed that for men such perfection is impossible, but that all things are possible to God, that's in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Other New Testament uses of teleos words provide a wider perspective on achieving perfection. So perfection is more of a process in the first letter of John, which uses the word five times to describe God living in us and his love being perfected in us. So have a look at the first letter of John, chapter 2, verse 5, chapter 4, verse 12, and chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. The letter to the Hebrews is even more explicit that we cannot attain perfection ourselves through the law or temple sacrifices. And we see this in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11, verse 19 and verse 28, chapter 9, verse 9 and chapter 10, verse 1. Instead, in the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus is the only means of perfection. That's in chapter 2, verse 10 and chapter 5, verse 9. And this is because Jesus has perfected us, that's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, through sacrificing himself. That's in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 to 12. The letter to the Philippians makes it clear that it is God continuing to work in us. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. He begins the good work in us and he brings it to completion. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. This latter quotation is very dear to priests and deacons because it appears in the right of each major stage of their progress towards ordination including the ordination rite itself. The Apostle Paul frequently uses teleos words to refer to spiritual maturity. So teleos says maturity contrasts with infancy in the first letter of the Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 20. And such maturity grows by becoming teleos in Christ in the letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 28. In other words, it's about becoming more Christ-like because Christ is the standard of mature manhood in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Although perfection cannot be achieved without Christ's grace, we still have to strive for it, as the Apostle does himself in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. And all who are mature, those who are teleos, must be of the same mind in Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. 
In the second letter to Timothy, chapter 4, verse 7, and in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul uses the image of finishing a race. The verb is teleo. And to the extent that we are not perfect and fail, God's power is perfected. In other words, it has its greatest efficacy in our weakness. And the Greek verb there is teleitai. And that's in the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 9. And the idea of a process which is in God's hands is the basis for the use of the verb teleo to describe the fulfillment of God's plan. So we see that teleo is sometimes used by Luke and by John for the fulfillment of the scriptures. So Luke chapter 18 verse 31 and Luke chapter 22 verse 37 and in John chapter 19 verse 28b. In other places, it describes the completion of God's words in Revelation chapter 17 verse 17 or his mystery, chapter 10, verse 7. Luke's Jesus speaks of his own baptism, by which he means his passion and death, being accomplished, that's in Luke chapter 12, verse 50, or of the seed of the gospel bearing fruit in maturity, that's Luke chapter 8, verse 14. And in Luke, Mary is blessed because she believed, in Luke chapter 1, verse 45, that the promise of the Lord would be fulfilled. That is literally a fulfillment or a teleosis. The accomplishing of God's plan is most richly described using teleos words in John's Gospel, where Jesus on three separate occasions describes himself as accomplishing his Father's work. That's in John chapter 4 verse 34, John chapter 5 verse 36, and John chapter 17 verse 4. Jesus also prays with another teleos word that his disciples will be perfected in unity. That's John chapter 17 verse 23. And this shows how Jesus' mission is a telos, not just for him, but for those he has come to save. Jesus' perfection, or accomplishment, in other words, is the means of our perfection. And most dramatically, in John's Gospel, verbs based on teleos are used three times in three verses at the climax of John's passion narrative. So first of all, Jesus knew in chapter 19, verse 28a, that everything had been accomplished. That's tetelestai. Later in that same verse, he says, I am thirsty in order to fulfill the scripture. That's John 19, 28b. The verb here for fulfill the scripture, teleote, comes from the word teleos. And it carries a sense of actively bringing something to teleos, to perfection. It appears that John's choice of this word is quite deliberate because he and the other evangelists more often employ another Greek word, pleoreo to refer to the fulfilment of the scriptures. In this case, however, it seems as though John wants to echo the other two occurrences of teleos words in the surrounding verses. The Jerusalem Bible translates this verb, teleote, as to fulfill the scriptures perfectly, and this neatly combines the ideas of fulfilment and perfection, which seem to be hinted at in John's deliberate choice of a teleos word. And the third, and final occurrence of teleos words in this short passage of John's Gospel occurs when Jesus, having taken the sour wine, says his final word. And it is once again, tetelestai, it is accomplished. That's in John chapter 19, verse 30. This tetelestai is the climax of Jesus' work for the Father, drawing on all those previous uses of teleos words throughout John's Gospel. And since the language of John's Gospel is so richly metaphorical, Perhaps there is also a hint of another meaning of tetelestai, 
as confirmation of making a payment and therefore alluding to Jesus paying the price for our sin. Some papyri around the time of Jesus do show the word tetelestai on receipts for tax or other payments. So while the primary meaning of tetelestai here is definitely the accomplishment of Jesus' work for the Father, it is possible that the evangelist is also taking advantage of the rich range of meaning of tetelestai to hint at other nuances. So, what does all of this mean for us? Well, first, God has a plan for us. God's plan was foretold in the Scriptures and fulfilled in the Scriptures, and it is accomplished through Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And the purpose of that plan is to bring us to the telos, to the goal of being with God in his heavenly kingdom. Second, perfection can only be found in Christ. Jesus has already accomplished Tetelestai, the Father's plan. It is his grace we seek, his work that will be fulfilled in us, and his power that will be most perfect in our weakness. And finally, we must still play our part in the process. We must strive to be mature, to run the race, and keep going to the end. But we must also understand that it is a process that in this life does not end. Rather, we must be content to allow, in Pope Francis's words, time, by which Pope Francis means the process, to be greater than space, by which the Pope means the desire to crystallise a particular state, leaving no room for continued growth. Take a look at Evangelii Gaudium, paragraphs 222 and 223. Always our goal is to grow, to be more like Christ, because he is the purpose, he the goal, he the standard and the means of perfection. As Jesus says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 6, and also chapter 22, verse 13, he is the beginning and the end. In other words, he is the telos.